Hey, everybody. This is Patrick, the Chief Monkey and founder of Wall Street Oasis. Just wanted to first off say thank you so much for listening to this podcast. Second, wanted to make sure for any of you in the market for financial modeling training, remind you that Wall Street Oasis does have some incredible financial modeling training courses, including Excel modeling, financial statement through, you know, linking up the three statements, DCF, valuation, M&A, LBO, um, even more niche courses like 13-week cash flow, venture capital course, real estate modeling, you name it. Go ahead and check them out at wallstreetoasis.com slash courses. Thanks for the support. Welcome to the WSO Weekly Wrap-Up, where I talk with my team about the five most trending discussions in the Wall Street Oasis community. Enjoy. All right, everybody, welcome to another episode of the weekly, what is this again? The weekly wrap-up? What do we call this? The weekly wrap-up. <laughs> the weekly wrap-up. Busy, trending busy content. We got uh, three uh, three top topics that are trending a little more fun this week. Uh, Matt, take it away. Sure. So first one we see here, this one's, uh, I guess, right up our alley here, being a younger crew of guys. You know, we got a seasoned vet with Pat to give us the insight here. But first one trending is getting married young. Is that the best? Uh, so we'll kick it off here, Pat. Obviously, you're married a little bit older than us. So, uh, how's the married life treating you? What's uh, what's your two cents? If you could go right. back to be 20, what's uh, would you do it all over again? Um, well, I got married later. So I got married when I was like 31. So it's a little bit, okay. I, I don't know if I'd agree getting married young is is the best. Um, well, I guess the best. We gotta set what's young, what's not young. I think we got to set the, that's how we start this. I think even really, anything young. 20 to 25, you know, before 25, I think is pretty young to get married. I think most people would agree with that. And then um, 25 to or 26 to like 30-ish is still a little bit on the young side, but but pretty standard. And then I think you get over 30, it's starting to get a little bit above average. And then after 35, it's kind of waiting a while, right? Um, yeah. But some people get married in their 40s, 50s, doesn't have to. I think that's the thing that I'd say is like, is it best? It could be best for certain people based on personality, right? Just based on personality. Because some people are super mature and they know themselves really well in their young 20s. Other people don't really know what they want. They want to yeah. date more people, figure out like, the type of person that's compatible with them and they're changing. Yeah. So what do you guys I think? think? That's, yeah. I mean, it, for me, it's, it's, it's a very complex question just because for instance, there's pros and cons, obviously it, it depends how you look at it, right? You, you get married young. Does that also entail like starting a family young? If so, then you're probably the way I see it is sign away is the, not the right term. You're, you're foregoing a lot of free time early on in your life that, you're hoping to get back in the back half, right? So if you have kids a little bit younger and have a family a little bit younger, getting married, then naturally maybe when you're 55, you're have a, have much more freedom as opposed to someone than maybe waiting until they're 60, 65, right? So I think you got to factor that in, take then your career into perspective too. Obviously, if you're starting young, you're going to have to put that time there. So do you have enough time to do like the, the 70, 80 hour worked weeks in investment banking? Um, so it, there's, a, there's a lot to it. I think though, on like a personal perspective, to your point, Pat, yes, changing. Well, so give much. your ages, guys, so people know. So I'm 43. I've been married for a decade, and yeah. I have three kids. Matt is Matt is 29. Never married, um, but yes, yeah. in a relationship. But yeah. uh, nonetheless, yeah, yeah, I'm like 25, gonna turn 26. Oh, we got a good spread here. So it's yeah. like uh, <laughs> definitely. Yeah. So, so yeah, what, what for me at least, I've recognized like you know those initial years, like 22, 23. Comparing that mindset to now, I think like I'm a completely different person, even just on my outlook, um, the way I treat myself, people around me. So I think to the, to the point here when we were kind of prepping for this conversation, there's a lot of development that you're not even recognizing 
you won't be able to see until you look back like five years, right? You don't see it when you're going through those years, 23, 24, 25, that you're changing much. Yeah, I mean, look at the mirror. He's he's just turned 18. He thinks he's, uh, he knows exactly who he is. (laughs) (laughs) But that's the thing, you you don't recognize that until I think you look back. And for whatever reason, there's like this, there's this, the way I see it for me, it's like this almost like this hump you get over where it's like you look back and you do see the changes. But I've been, the the little asterisk I put on that is I feel like that is a feeling that we have our whole life. So the same way, I feel like you probably look back in your 30s and be like, you know, I'm different than I was when I was 31, 32. Yeah, not, oh, yeah, because I was when I was single, I was a, like a maniac. But <laughs> in terms of like, yeah, in terms of like personality, though, I felt like by 30, 31, like I don't think I've changed that much in terms of personality and, and like what I want. How about outlook on life, though? You think that's um, changed a little bit? I mean, introducing kids, that probably changes. Yeah, but I knew I wanted kids. I always knew I wanted kids and stuff like that so i look on life i don't think it's changed that dramatically um yeah i mean it's just you know you grow with a person you're in a relationship with too in terms of like you got to find the right person and so i think rushing into something just because you want to be married because i think that usually lends to you um having just an imbalanced relationship like you need to be confident in yourself set like you know working on yourself so that you can bring bring value to the relationship um and that means like confidence to the relationship. So you're, you're always like, you're not like, just like needy, you know, yeah. that's from both sides. Like, you know, I think there's a lot of like imbalance that happens when, um, you know, males or females come to a relationship with like really wanting to be in a relationship and needing to be in a relationship rather than just being in a relationship because they want, because they decide to be in one. Yeah, another way of saying that, and I used to always say this, is that if you're looking for it, you're not going to find a type yeah. of find happen. Yeah. I mean, those people that are really looking for it, yeah, it's obviously yes, you can maybe come across it. But I find it the more of those organic type relationships where something comes across, and you know, you're like, this makes sense. I think that's where there's most success. What about the- what about like the dating apps? Everything's changed since I've been in Nabil. I mean, I I met my wife on uh, Match, but like it's even grown even more. Nabil, what about you? Uh, no, never used dating app. No, no, yeah, it's pretty bad. Yeah, it's it's yeah, it's it's a nice way like to form introductions. Again, if you go in with the mindset though of like, okay, because just because I have this introduction with someone now, it's like this is the person you're kind of pushing it forward. That's going to be a recipe for disaster. I think if you just use it as a tool for introductions, but then still keep a very open mindset, it could be useful. (laughs) I think at the end of the day, like, 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 yeah, like, so I mean, like apps like that, as as a way, like, just because you're introduced to that person doesn't mean there's, you know, you should be pushing anything further than that. Simply just like, Hey, this, this platform's facilitated an introduction, but that's all it still really is. People I find are are all hopping on that and are still trying to push for a relationship. At the end of the day, you just met someone virtually. You can't be gunning for that nor is that going to be established all through that platform it reminds so me of I, my buddy here who like always is like tries to like give title away like right away he's like so will you be my girlfriend like within date like three i'm like what are you doing man I'm yeah like, it's, it's gotta be doing? why do you why are you even like asking that it's because it's because i feel like it's he's very like emotional and right brained and he like feels like that need to like he like wants to give that he like feels like yeah. it's and it, it's well, i think it hurts i think it hurts him Another thing, though, too, in terms of kind of bringing it back to the topic of being too young or not, one thing that I've seen value on is actually you kind of do learn a bit more of yourself and what you're looking for based off of experiences from past relationships. I find so I've I've actually found a lot of gratitude almost to the point where it's like you, you you're happy of those previous ones because you do want to take pieces from it. This is what I like in a relationship. This is what I need. This is 
So it's yeah. like you, you kind of bring that and that comes with experience and naturally time brings experience, right? Yeah. Again, so not to say it doesn't work because there's obviously situations where high school sweethearts get married and, and you know, everything's great. It's just, again, I think based on people's circumstances. And one thing I think... If you look at the statistics, actually... Statistics don't say good things. <laughs> no, the statistics actually say that getting married older is best and getting married to someone educated is best. Yes. And I, and I was going to actually tie that in, I think, because the way I see it now is like a true fulfilling relationship has to be tied into every aspect in your life. And what I'm trying to get at is, for instance, if you get married really early on, for instance, like from a career perspective, when I was 20 years old... I had no idea I'd be working at Wall Street Oasis, like in the position that I'm at, obviously, right? So it's, but now obviously the, the role has uh, gone to a point where we're super busy, obviously working, working hours. And if I was still in that relationship with, or in that mindset of a 20 year old, I didn't anticipate myself putting in the hours I'm working, the time commitment, all that stuff. So if I had someone that I was married to, that was also under the assumption that that's going to be my work style or my balance. And now that's changed 10 years later. It's not fair for them. And that's how I guess disagreements start. And that's where it's it's important to, I guess, in my opinion, wait a bit, have that career situated. You know then what your life is going to look like going forward, at least what you're looking for. That way, then you can kind of build on to that. So that's my two cents. I, I prefer to wait a little bit. I think there's value in it, but um don't want to say it hasn't worked for other people that have obviously gotten married early uh, yeah, as well. It can work out. And it's I think it's the maturity, how how mature and, and what culture are you into and what yeah. culture are your family and like that that types of the support of your family. The so, best way to wrap this up, I think, is realistically any relationship is is work. It's hard work to to keep a healthy and happy relationship. So it doesn't matter when you get started. Yeah. <laughs> you got to put the work in. A successful relationship takes work. If you put the work in, yeah, be, I think it'll be successful. That's I think the, the main takeaway here. But Anyways, let's get back to another topic here, um, a little bit more into the the business side of things here. Obviously, with the summer months uh, kind of getting going here, internships have started with a lot of banks, and we've been seeing a lot of threads talking specifically around some internship struggles. And so that's something we commonly see, obviously, for interns getting started with a bank. Uh, so I guess, Pat, let's kick this one off here. We have an intern here saying he's just started at a bulge bracket, feels very overwhelmed and struggling and is kind of asking for help. So any guidance you have for, for interns that feel that way in their first initial weeks? Yeah, I think it's just important to realize, I think there's a couple of good comments that um, the everyone feels that way. Um, there's, there's very few interns that are just like coasting through and not confused. Just try to stick with it, ask good questions. It's really more about your attitude and not your technical like knowledge. And so asking the dumb questions is early is much better than waiting till the end of the internship or even like when you start full time. Like you want to, the whole point of the internship is to ask dumb questions. Think of it that way. So like they don't expect you to know anything. Um, and if you're genuinely curious, if you're not asking the same questions over and over again by taking good notes and doing as much research you can on your own, um, that's better. So like, you know, writing down words and phrases you don't know, bring it up later, um, you know, utilize our free resources section, you know, do whatever you need to do just to to study as much as you can. I, I think that's a really good best practice. Pat. I, that's actually something I did. I remember in a previous internship long, long time ago. Yeah, it's it's where I had I remember I have a notepad, I would take hear phrases. And this was more when I was on a sales and training desk, you're hearing yeah. so many crazy, crazy phrases. And yeah. that's just how they talk with each other. And obviously, you're, you can't pick up on that. But something that I remember I used to do was obviously market hours conclude at four. That's when the desk there kind of calms down. 
But then I would go and sit with a trader and say, hey, okay, you mentioned, for instance, like block sizes or yeah. all these different firms. All these terms that as a, a university college kid, second, third year, I have no idea what the heck's going on. Yeah. But you do want to learn all that stuff. So it was something where I would go spend 30 minutes from 4 to 4.30, sit down with a trader I had a good relationship with and, and would ask him all these terms. And at the time, you know, I thought that's good practice. Like I'm doing a good thing here, but I didn't realize years after, cause I, I have good relationships with these people. I connected them still. And I was talking with one of them and he said, I remember you just because you asked so many questions and that's something that stood out amongst other interns. And so that's very early on. I learned the power of like asking questions, that skill set in itself. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the idea for, for these interns to remember is well, you mentioned, Pat, everyone's feeling this way. Like, don't look around the room and think you're the only one feeling that way just because people may portray that they're understanding it. Do you think realistically you're you're sitting beside another second, third year student, similar program? They're not learning other things that you haven't learned. It's not as if they are this, like the, the absolute geniuses of the world. So they're feeling the same way. I think it's, like you said, showing that you're actually trying to learn, making that effort, asking questions. Um, I think that's the best way to kind of do it. You're not expected to to be the the savior to the firm when they're onboarding interns. It's it's mainly seen as a as an educational thing for you guys. Of course, you're helping out with certain things, but it's mainly the purpose is this for you guys to learn a, a whole bunch of uh, a whole bunch of stuff about that program there. Um, Maybe, what do you what do you think? Yeah, what's your take? Yeah, I think I think that's good. I had like a different experience. Like my first firm I joined was understaffed because a few people had left, so I didn't. Like if I had to ask questions, like there's no one to answer that that's what happened. Like all my seniors were like busy. So then I just got dropped in the deep end of the pool pretty much and just learned to to do stuff on my own. But then it depends. Like if if yeah, if there's people like willing to talk and answer questions, like yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah, <laughs> the hard part's finding the right time to ask if the analysts are drowning and already really busy. But yeah, like late late at night, once the seniors go home, there's some downtime, they're waiting for a turn, you can Okay, do you mind if I grab you for 10 minutes and just have a list of questions? Boom, 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 all at once. It's the best way to do it. And then that way you get all your questions answered at once and hopefully the light bulbs will start going off. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Boom. Okay, well, let's hit up the third topic here. This one I actually like quite a bit. As I was mentioning earlier on, I think I'm a big coffee bull here. So one of the threads was to quit coffee or to not quit coffee. I personally, myself, guys, coffee is my lifeline for work. I, I think it's pretty obvious when I, in the mornings when I haven't had my cup of coffee. So I myself, I'm actually one that has four cups a day, two in the morning, two in the afternoon, then maybe an espresso at night if I'm going out. Um, but what's your guys' morning routines? You guys drinking coffee? What are you doing for energy in the morning? Nabil, what do you do? I mean, I used to be like you, like, drink like tons of coffee but then i started reading that i mean not started reading it's like it gets to a point where you need like more and more and more so i, I just decided one fine day i'm like gonna somehow reduce it and then yeah now i just don't drink unless i need like unless i'm going out for like a run or something so do you um, have anything in, like the morning, in the morning like a yeah tea i have or like something? tea now yeah i have tea now it's a little lower like dose of caffeine <laughs> a little sweet and like yeah it's I wouldn't say it's better, but like you get used to it over time. Did, did so, you yeah, find it, when you were tapering off the coffee, did you find struggles? Because I've heard some horror stories oh, yeah. from people that were in my situation. Either there's a like having some withdrawal symptoms is a real thing. I don't want to sound yep. like a junkie by any means, but had people say they have like had obviously migraines, even some sweats at times, like if they're not having it. Um, so yeah. actually, I'm kind of a little bit worried of when, if I have to ever kind of reduce my, uh, my coffee drinking. 
Oh, I, yeah, I was, yeah. when I had a baby, uh, I think I remember it was Noel, I was kind of sick. So I just stopped coffee for a few days and I was in the hospital with the baby. And I'm like, what's wrong with me? Like, I, I was like, <laughs> you thought you needed to go in the bed. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I felt like, I'm like, oh, it's just because of, you know, the baby, the adrenaline and whatever. And like, then, um, then I realized I'm like, I haven't had coffee in two days. I was nauseous. I was like sweating. I was having total lethargy. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. Lethargy sets in. Like you can't yeah. do shit. I was like, yeah. Oh, and I felt not, I felt actually nauseous. And yeah. I was, oh my, and I realized like if, if two more than like a day and a half goes by without, a, without a hit. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I've been here, I've been hearing now, even guys, I don't know if you have, people have been drinking matcha now. I had some friends that I've tried to yeah. pivot to matcha. Yeah. I personally can't, I don't, I can't do the taste. I've, I've tried it. It's just not for me, but they say it's a great alternative for, for coffee. Um, yeah, much green tea. I mean, I think the nice thing about tea, it's a little bit slower of a spike, yeah. right? And so I've I've noticed sometimes if I don't get a lot of sleep, but I have a, a strong cup, like I usually do one really strong iced coffee in the morning. If I do that, usually sometimes if I'm tired, like I fade faster. Yeah. Um, versus um, I feel like tea sometimes can give you sometimes I'll do like a little bit of tea in the afternoon if I really need it. It's like an extra little mini boost. Um yeah. but I try to stay away from like too super strong i have a really strong the iced coffee i drink is really strong in the morning so i try to stay away from that in the afternoon so i can actually sleep um but yeah i see well i remember for me what i would do is uh as a little tidbit here i don't know if you i don't know if you guys do it in the states there uh pat but tim sometimes uh, not tim sorry mcdonald's has like dollar coffee in the summer oh, yeah. i don't know if uh-huh. you, <laughs> I, I saw so, so I'll go to either, yeah, it's either an iced coffee or pretty good. Uh, it's pretty good, right? It's not- but then I do like, I'll get the extra large. Cause obviously for a buck, I'm like, <laughs> at this point, even if I don't drink it all, I mean, I, I tend to drink it all, but nonetheless, oh my gosh, you're I like, remember when I was no. younger and I would, I would do that. Yeah. And I'd get like the extra large, uh, and it'd be a hot coffee and on the desk. I remember during my internship, I'd have like the jitters, <laughs> but I mean, you need that when you're on a yeah. sales and trade desk <laughs> because you need to be on the ball oh, a little yeah. bit, but. It was like I remember. I'm like, okay, this is maybe pushing a full extra large coffee after lunch. I'm uh, I'm shaking here a bit, but um, yeah. Yeah, still standing. So <laughs> yeah, it's one of those. What's how about brands? What's your favorite brand of coffee? What do you drink? Nespresso? You said is that what you're usually going for? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Shout out That's to nice. Portrait Coffee. Um, I like. I've ordered five pound bags. I think it's uh, down in Atlanta. Nice. Uh, how are you, Nabil? Uh, I mean, I get it local from the store. You can grind whatever. Yeah, it's from local place like Yemen's close by, and they Do get they have like good coffee in UAE. Do they? Oh yeah, grow, they grow it there. Yeah, yeah, they pride themselves on coffee. So like, yeah, I was gonna say, like I think different kind. Yeah, you guys roast well. There's some really nice blends. Yeah, I think. oh, that's yeah, cool. yeah, it's <laughs> Well, Pat, what are you, what are you, are you buying the beans usually, or are you buying the ground? What do you say, five pounds? Um, yeah, I'm buying the beans. Buying the buying beans. beans. Yeah, beans, yeah. Yeah, and then we have a little grinder. Um, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. It's really nice. Yeah. Coffee snobs. <laughs> yeah. Well, Nespresso right. is good too. I, I like Nespresso. It is. The beans are good. It's a, it's a little bit bolder. I find the taste. Um, you can put it into a like a, I don't know. You can put you can make like a really nice almost like a latte with it. Or yeah, exactly. Or macchiatos or, or even ice. If you throw enough ice, they're strong enough. Where if you put ice in there, it's still really good. 
So yeah, a little, even like a little bit of ice and water, and then the the espresso. Yeah, summer's coming. Everyone get your iced coffee. So I know, uh, if, I know if uh, David was on here, he'd be like Dunkin' Donuts and all. <laughs> <laughs> whenever, whenever I go to the U.S., though, I do grab myself a Dunkin's, especially yeah, okay. ice brew. They're not yeah, in Canada. They're up in Toronto yet. No, no, we have our own one here. It's called Tim Hortons. Um, yeah, equivalent. Yeah, it's it's yeah. very very similar. It's like Dunkin'. It's uh, just a Canadian version. Like we have our ice brews and everything, but I know when I come to Duncan, uh, when I sorry, I go to the US, I go to Duncan's and get myself a, a large ice brew there. Um, so anyways, system. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, but anyways, guys, I'm gonna actually go myself now and get the coffee before uh, hopping into the afternoon here. But I think Great Convo will be uh, will be around next week for another weekly wrap up. Sounds good. And quick shout out: there's an interesting discussion in the investment banking forum trending. Another one we didn't have time to talk about: uh, unpaid intern to building a two million dollar EBITDA business. So my journey beyond Wall Street. Really interesting Q and A. Check that out as well. Um, it's all about like buying an existing business and how he kind of decided how he saved up and was able to kind of transition out of Wall Street and now works for himself for a pretty successful business. Nice. And pretty successful, what's traditionally called a boring business, but doing really well for himself. So the most boring tend to be the safest and best business. Yes. The the <laughs> Slow and steady. All right, guys. Talk soon. And thanks to you, my listeners at Wall Street Oasis. If you have any suggestions whatsoever, please don't hesitate to send them my way. Patrick at wallstreetoasis.com. Until next time.